our loving Heavenly Father, if you do not teach us from your word and remind us of the things that should make our hearts sing, we would be overwhelmed with the grief of this world. Remind us of our citizenship in heaven. Renew our hopes in your coming kingdom. Open your word to us and sing to us the songs of Zion as we meditate upon it. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain but even as I am poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. This is the word of the Lord. And please turn your Bibles back to Psalm 137 on page 627 in your church Bible. This morning, uh, we will read the psalm, um, talk a little bit about their old and new texts, and this will start us off just on a little summer series going through the psalms. And uh, This morning, we will start with lament, moving on to doxology and praise next week. And... Um, We start here with uh, the 137th Psalm, so please follow along with me uh, in your Bibles. By the rivers of Babylon we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. If I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. Remember, Lord, what the Edomites did 
on the day Jerusalem fell. Tear it down, they cried. Tear it down to its foundations. Daughter of Babylon, doomed to destruction. Happy is the one who repays you according to what you have done to us. Happy is the one who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. This too is the word of the Lord. I often heard this psalm quoted by critics as an example of extreme biblical violence. And truly, it does talk about violence. I've also often heard people say that this is one of those texts they just don't really know what to do with. Right? This is difficult. It's harsh language. It's very violent. It's very dark. Yet for some reason, and those, those of you who have gotten to know me a little bit over the years have known that I'm a little bit off. Um, for some reason, I've always been drawn to this psalm. And, and as you heard in our New Testament lesson as well, I, a passage that's, that's similar but very different. You know, I, I often heard this uh, quoted at me as a child, right? Sam, do all things without complaining or arguing or without grumbling or arguing. Sam, take out the trash without complaining or arguing. And yet, by the way, if parents with disobedient children, it's right there, you just quote scripture at them, you know, it'll be fine. But we look at the two together. And we see the sadness and anguish of the psalmist. But then Paul telling us as believers that that we shouldn't complain, that we should go forward in in, in trusting in the Lord. And this is difficult. This is difficult. We've all been through different things. We all have different stories. Can we still live this life without being those who complain, without being those who, who are sad all the time? How do we do this? And what is the difference between that which is acceptable, like in Psalm 137, which is a lament, and and, and what Paul says we shouldn't do, which is complaining? So if we look at Philippians 2 first, I just want to re-point out a few things there. You know, in verse 13 and 14, the Apostle Paul reminds us that we should, no matter what we do, be continually working out our salvation. Right? He says that you need to work out your salvation with all of these things and that the, the point is to become more whole. Right? That this is a process we're on and we know this. We talk about this all the time. The Bible gives us many analogies for this. It says run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Jesus tells us to take the narrow road that leads to life. And we know, as it says, that this is God who is working in us. That God is giving us the ability to work out our salvation, to grow in the faith. And as we talked about with the new Jerusalem coming, we do this for the hope of glory. The promise that one day we will be restored. So then, in verse 14, he says, we ought to not complain. We ought to not be those people who complain or argue about things. That we should be grateful and thankful people. And it's not just for the sake of not complaining, but he gives us a very, very clear image. When we do this, we become like shining stars in a crooked and warped world. Many of us know exactly what it means to live in a crooked and warped generation. How often do we hear the complaints of those who have so much to be grateful for? 
How often when you check the news or television or, heaven forbid, anything on social media, it's just complaining. People are so quick to forget the things God has done for them and also so quick to remind themselves why they deserve more. And so Paul says to the Philippian church and also to us today that we do this together. That we live this life being grateful people that we would grow together following after Christ's humble example. As Andy said, that he's saying these songs of Zion on the way to Jerusalem knowing what would happen so that we also might be able to endure alongside one another. To fight against the darkness that we would become shining stars, he says. Shining stars that lead the way to life. Shining stars that illuminate the dark night. And now as we look to Psalm 137 though, we realize that this is sometimes very difficult, isn't it? We desire to be grateful people. We desire to praise God in all circumstances. But we see Psalm 137 and we realize that sometimes that's just not easy. This Psalm 137 is not just about being sad. And this is another level. I don't know how many of you know the history of Babylon and and Judah, but it's not a peaceful one. This was not a civilized conquest where diplomats came in and had conversations about treaties and rules. The Neo-Babylonian kingdom came into Judah and then Jerusalem and laid waste to the city. And in fact, history tells us they surrounded the city and tried to starve people to death. And so the poorer people of the city of Jerusalem died from starvation, died from thirst. They didn't just take the city, but then when they took the city, they laid waste to the city, killing the weak, the sick, the poor. Anyone who did not benefit the Babylonians was killed. And then those who benefited them were enslaved and marched across modern-day Syria all the way to modern-day Iraq and kept as slaves. This was a catastrophic time for these people. They lost their homes, their family, their friends. They were made to be slaves in a foreign land. And these musicians here tell us how they felt about it. These musicians go down by the river and they hang their harps on the trees and they say, we don't want to do this anymore. Their captors say, play a song of your home, play a song of Zion, sing us one of those great songs. And they say, no, how can we? We have no home. The city is gone. How can we sing these songs? This is not just sadness, this is despair. This is depression. This is darkness. And and, and even if that wasn't, or even if it just ended at verse 6 or 7, we would understand. But then the psalmist, these musicians go one step further because they're in so much pain and so much hurt. Look at verses 8 and 9. Daughter Babylon, who's doomed to destruction, happy is the one who repays you. Happy is the one who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. This is not just sadness. This is wanting revenge and hurt inflicted upon their enemies. And we wonder, well, we wonder a couple of things. One, what would it take to be so angry with another human being that you would wish this upon them? And then two, why is this in the Bible? I mean, this is brutal. How is this worship? 
You know, the famous uh, preacher, Charles Spurgeon, said this. You know, people will often read this and criticize Psalm 137, but he said this. Let those find fault with it who have never seen their temple burn, their city ruined, or their wives ravished, their children dead. They may not, perhaps, be quite so velvet-mouthed if they had suffered after this fashion. How many of us in this room can say that we've suffered a similar fate? See, it's difficult for us to understand because we've been so fortunate not to go through this, but think about history. Think about how many people have gone through a similar despair in famine, in war, in difficult times. Many people throughout the history of the world have felt this exact pain. And these musicians here, they tell us, the pain was so bad that they didn't even want to play anymore. I don't know how many of you guys know musicians, but it's very difficult to keep them from singing. <laughs> right? It's very difficult. You know, it's, it's like when a guitar player or a pianist, if there's a piano in the room, they just sort of sit down and start going. It just sort of happens all the time. This is a sad, sad thought to think of a musician who says, I'm done. Think of an artist who says, I don't want to paint anymore. Think of a teacher who says, I have no desire to teach anymore. Think of a parent who says, I have no desire to serve my children anymore. This is deep, deep despair. And yet here it is in the Psalms, in our book of worship. It's the word of God. And I bring this up for a couple of reasons. And one of them is this. When we look to the Psalms in worship, church, realize that these Psalms tell the story of the human condition, don't they? And we can actually go through and pray these Psalms. Even these Psalms that are difficult. I just want to mention this as a side note. You know, one of the things I started doing many years ago was praying through the Psalms. And you make these my prayer, and you pray to God. And and what happens is, is, is you begin to understand the writer and you begin to understand the position of the person. And I actually use this now as a psalm to pray for friends of mine who are artists, to pray for friends of mine who are creative types, right? I even thought about this in my Bible at home, in my study Bible from seminary. I have a name of a seminary classmate. Her name is Karen, and she's an artist. And she, her desire was always to make spirit-filled art to let others to worship. And as I was preparing and reading through, I saw her name scribbled in the notes of my Bible and I was able to pray for her again and pray for friends of mine who are artists. And and when we read through the Psalms, church, these things are tools God has given us to aid us in worship. And so when you look at this and you see the pain and the anguish of these artists, let it bring you to a place of, of not only understanding some of these things, but also to pray for those who God has put in your life. And then second, as Andy mentioned with the kids, let's be honest. Let's be honest with God, because if we're feeling it, God already knows, right? Right? Some of us in this room can confess that we've been this angry before. Some of us in this room can confess that I have just been that angry where I wished that someone was dead. So, So if you feel it, God knows that. And then if you're able to give this to God and to express it, it gives us a chance then to be free because God knows already. You know, I love the Psalms for lots of reasons, guys, but I think above all, I love their honesty. 
because it shows the high highs and the low lows of life. We see the human condition in the Psalms and it comforts us (laughs) because many years ago in a very, very far away place, someone wished death on another person. (laughs) No matter how angry we get, no matter how upset we get, no matter how deep and dark we may find ourselves, we can lament and be honest with God and know that it's okay. The difference that we have to make sure we realize is that we are not becoming people who are grumbling and complaining. So what is the difference? What is the difference between lament and complaining? Let me just say this, that I believe a lament, like in the Psalms, is inviting God into our story, into our experience, into our feelings. Or maybe a better way to put it is to go to God with your feelings, with your pain, with your suffering, and just being honest. A complaint is seeking attention and voicing dissatisfaction with just anyone who will listen, right? A complaint or grumbling is just looking for sympathy, looking for empathy with whoever will listen. See, church, God wants to hear our laments. God wants and desires to walk through the valley of the shadow of death with us. But odds are your neighbors and your coworkers don't want to hear your complaints, Because if we look back at Philippians, why do we live this way? Because we are supposed to shine like stars in this crooked generation. And think of this, think of this world we live in. Think of all the hurt and violence in this world. Think of the political discourse, even in this country, which is pretty good, right? Many of us come from countries that aren't quite so civil politically. I'll leave details out. But think of the hate in the world today. How many people out there are actively wishing for death and destruction of their enemy's children? Millions. There are millions of people around the world right now who are feeling like this, who feel like they've been wronged, who feel like they've been hurt, who want revenge, who want death. Think of what Christians could do in this world. If we give our feelings and our hurts to God, And we trust, as we talked about, in that new Jerusalem. Not what we used to have, but what God has promised us for the future. If we place our cares and our struggles with God, then we are free to love others and do all things without complaining or grumbling. To give of our resources and our time and our service because we are making God our highest priority. We are putting our highest priority and focus on God's kingdom rather than the kingdoms of this world. And if we are people who are complaining rather than people who are grateful... We're saying that these earthly things are what matter most to us. Because when we complain, we're saying that this earth has let us down and that's all the hope I have. But the things of this world, church, even the good things like children, family, friends, listen to this. The best things of this earth will not fill the deepest part of you. The best gifts God has ever given you, children, family, job, fulfillment, whatever it is, will never fill the deepest parts of you. Only Christ can do that. Only Christ has what you are looking for. And when we become people who complain and grumble, we are putting our hope in things that will never fulfill us. I read Psalm 137 and it makes me sad because 
I will probably never understand what they went through. But I know that if God can love and heal and care for these people, that he can love and heal and care for me, that whatever my pain is, that if I give it to God and go to God with my pain, that he will care for me and fill me. That we can give as a church our dissatisfaction and our pain and our hurts to God. So that, like verse 6, we can then make God and his kingdom our highest joy. Because that is our goal. That we would seek out his everlasting kingdom and lead others to the same truth so that they too might find freedom. Church, let us never forget that the joy of the Lord so that we never stop doing whatever he's called you to do. My prayer for us is, is like these artists, like these musicians. Whatever you were made to do, when you seek fulfillment in God, no matter what the circumstances are, you can continue. If you're the singer, you can keep singing. If you're the artist, keep painting. If you're the teacher, you can keep teaching. If you're the leader, you can keep leading. If you're the parent, you can keep giving sacrificial love to your child no matter what they do because Christ has fulfilled you. Only God can fill these deepest parts of you. And so he desires that when you are feeling the deepest, darkest despair that you would go to him and him alone. You know, I read this and I think, I hope these musicians were able to find peace. I hope they picked up their harps off the tree and kept playing. I hope that like the prophet Daniel, they were able to shine light in a dark land. Because we are called to do the same. You are called to do the same, to focus on the kingdom of God like Christ and give all we have to this world. So let us go to God with lament and worship, inviting him into our deepest parts that he might fill us and heal us. And then, church, let us go out into the world without complaining or grumbling because this world cannot fulfill us. Only God can. So once we trust in the promise, we will shine like stars in this crooked world, knowing that we are not filled by the circumstances or by the things of this world, but by the love of a good God who has equipped you to do every good and perfect work while you walk this earth. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. Lord God, we acknowledge that sometimes we are angry. Lord God, we acknowledge that sometimes we are hurt. We acknowledge that we often want revenge and we acknowledge that we have fallen short of bringing your kingdom to earth. But God, we desire to be grateful people. And so when we feel the darkness surrounding us, let us go to you first. Let us trust in your love first. And Lord, when we feel the despair and when we feel the darkness, may you fill us that we would be able to get up and keep going. That we would be grateful people that we would tell of the great things you have done, even in the midst of sometimes difficult circumstances. Because, Lord, you are good, and your mercies endure forever. Lord, we make this our prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.